0: Welcome to Only Real Fans. I'm your host, Brian Riley, along with Dylan Bentlage. And on today's episode, we're joined by director and writer Jake Faye to talk about his new movie, The Process.
1: Sometimes I think there's a link curse. You think the link curse got a hold of you too?
0: Along with Sam Valletta, an actress who starred in our movie Dilettantes, as well as The Process. Stick around, it's going to be a fun time.
2: Can't trust nothing but the process. We believe in the city is
1: in. Never come out where you came in. Ask for water and they you gin. Girls say no, always give in places to go. Where have you seen? Where have
0: you been? Welcome to live.
2: I'm so nervous right now. I don't scared
1: that recording button goes and it's just like whew. Yeah, no. no, it's it's always it's always a bit of an awkward start, man. But you know, we're ju- we're all just getting used to it, so. Um no, right. we're good. So I guess what we really today, we're just going to talk about the process and the process behind the process is the plan. So um you literally said 10 minutes ago, we we're going to avoid
0: <laughs> using questions like that.
1: It's hard. It's hard not to. It's just it was easy. Beat and it was like, you know, it was a lob ball and I, I hit it. So, um yeah. So, man. But yeah, I kind of want I know that you you wrote it right and directed it. So one of the things that like I wanted to kind of talk about was where the story kind of came from. And, you know, particularly the rap scene that's in Lynn, if there is a big rap scene in Lynn and where kind of the inspiration started, was it that you wanted to write this story and then the rap scene kind of grew with it, or you already had that you grew up with it and then you wrote a story about it.
2: Um, Yeah, I would say I, I grew up with it and the story kind of developed itself just for me hanging around my friends who are rappers and, and watching them do music videos when we were in ninth or 10th grade and, and really just loving the idea of, of that, of, of music videos and, and, and and visuals to music so i always thought there was just a great story in an underground rapper these you know the soundcloud rapper generation where everyone can now go out and make a professional sounding song it's it's very tangible now um so i always had the idea of i wanted to write a story like that and then in film school um we had to write a feature and i said i'm not going to take six months to write a feature if i can't go out and shoot it on a decently low budget um so it was a perfect opportunity to now go write this film Knowing when I was writing it, I was super specific to Lynn. And the cool part about that was then I got to go, you know, five years later, four years later, lock those locations that I wrote, you know, four to five years previously. So that was a really cool experience. Um, but, yeah, the the story was always there growing up with um, friends of mine that rapped. It seemed like everyone rapped. You know, it's a cliche you either rapped or played basketball. But people people really did do that in Lynn, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, Rapper go to the league. So,
2: exactly, yeah. Uh, so the story was always there i grew up with guys that all you know i was definitely biased to it, but they were great rappers and and i believed in the music and a lot of the people that i reached out to early on that got to hear the music that's you know how they came on board they said so they believed in the music as well um so the story was from the jump i always knew i wanted to tell this raw story of rappers um so i just, yeah just growing up with these guys the story was there um and yeah i don't know i ramble a little bit there but, <laughs> oh, good, lost my train of thought, but. it's kind of it's kind
1: yeah, of interesting it's interesting now that you say that because in this generation of anyone can go out and put music on soundcloud it's very similar to like film in the sense of it's so much easier nowadays to just go out and make a professional looking movie so to take that jump mm-hmm. is it's our version of what those soundcloud rappers are doing right so you took that jump with this film which is really cool um but so when you were casting people to do this, I know uh, your your lead guy, uh, Brian, and I talked about it a little bit beforehand. He was an actual actor, right? I don't know his name. Um, Jason, Jason, yeah, Jason. Uh, but the yeah. rest of your cast, a lot of them are actually the rappers that were writing those songs, correct?
2: Yeah, So uh, I wrote it specifically to the guys that I grew up with and knowing who I wanted to cast with. Um, and one of the main the, the leads I was going to cast was another rapper. Um, and he was he was getting busy and he was traveling a lot with his music. And I just kind of had to pull the plug on l- giving the lead to another rapper. I just got a little nervous. And and it's always something I think about all the time, like what would happen if I did, if I did go ahead and cast that rapper. Um, But Jason did a fantastic job and everyone else, um, you know, in hindsight, there was, there was guys that I gave a small role to that, that crushed it. You know, Khalil Jacobs had a really small role playing slim and everyone on set was like that. Is he a professional actor? And I was like, Oh no, like he, he raps, <laughs> you know, that's what he does. And I had this idea that if you're comfortable enough to stand in front of You know a camera for a music video or you go play a show even there's only 15 people there if you have that stage presence then you can not get nervous playing yourself in front of in front of a camera and a crew um so those guys just stepped up and just did a great job and they basically know were playing themselves um adam lawn who played winston i wrote that character just literally for adam and he read it in like 25 minutes and got back to me was like literally you wrote that that's me right i go yeah and it was a nerve-wracking thing to send someone a script that you never really told them about. And you wrote them as a character. Yeah. Um, but so many people took it so well. And, and, and I had the script for, you know, three or four years. And I was kind of petrified to send it to the guys that grew up with it. So, you know, I just say, hey, here's you in a script because, you know, people can get, you know, people get emotional. But so many people had such
1: a good, such a good reaction to it, which was it gave me so much
2: more confidence.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's, it's a lot easier writing what you know, which we just talked about, but also playing what you know and just kind of playing from a real place. It's a it's a daunting task to write people that just don't exist at all. Because then you really want to flesh out those people. And that's that's really difficult. I mean, there's so many different things that make a person a person. So pulling from people you've grown up with or yourself is always just the easiest place to start. But I can totally understand if you're writing friends of yours, it's difficult to give them that that script and be like, yo, I put you in here. Maybe not in the most flattering ways all the time, but it's definitely (laughs) you. So I can understand that that would be nerve wracking for sure.
2: Especially with our ending, where you know no one gets famous and no one goes anywhere, you don't want to say, "Hey, it's a story about you," and then you're the same place, you know. Spoiler uh, alert! Spoiler, yeah, spoiler alert.
0: Well, if you made if you made a big fantasy about them being rich and famous, they uh they might be, you know, intimidated to continue. Like, oh, this, <laughs> yeah. now that I'm in this movie, I'm gonna be it's I'm popping off. This is it. I'm, I made a big yeah. Now.
1: And I definitely think it makes <laughs> it more real that you that you you keep it in a grounded place at the end because it. It it feels more localized. And I think like when you're making a movie like this, the idea is to keep it localized. So you can first like gain an audience in, in your area, like in Lynn or greater Boston, and then grow to reach more people. And again, writing mm-hmm. what you know. So if you try to make it so big, it might not have been what it was. Right. If they do get mm-hmm. famous and large, like someone might roll their eyes at the end and be like, ah, yeah, of course they get large and famous. Yeah. Right. It's like a meta level of our own I, work.
3: I think the more realistic that any story is, the more relatable it is. To your audiences, yeah. um, because especially within the artistic world, you realize it unless you're incredibly lucky, and and luck in my definition really is preparation meets hard work, and so you know those or preparation meets opportunity, and those moments are so few and far between, and so when you see a story, I mean, really, when I read the ending that Jake sent. I was more inclined to do it because it was more realistic and, and more inspiring. It shows people that you have to just keep going. And there's so much rejection and you still have to face it no matter what. So I actually at the end of the movie, I get more excited to keep going within my own life and my own craft because you kind of, you know, if one artist succeeds, their whole group and their whole collective succeeds as well.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I think for sure. I think the the interesting thing there as well is that real life doesn't end like movies do. So, yeah. movie, you know, move, there's story after that, and you leave your characters in a place where there should be more story because you're basing it off real people. You're telling a a very true story, and by mm-hmm. doing that, you want to leave that open ended. You want to be able to finish this movie and hope that these guys make it, or also accept the reality that they might not. Um, and giving it mm-hmm. a definitive answer doesn't actually benefit your film usually. I would I would think yeah. No. And
2: and as a, you know, I don't, I don't consider myself a film, a film snob. I think there's classics I've never seen and maybe I'll never will see, but I always have loved German film, you know, German cinema and post-World War II German oh, yeah. films where it's just, you just, it's a mundane story of people living and there's pain and there's happiness and there's everything mixed in. And then it just cuts to black and there's the credits. I, when a movie has to tie things together, I get so anxious for some reason that last like 10 minutes of, of us feeling her. I'm just like, be done, be done, you know? Yeah. You know, I just cut to black. I'm a huge fan of just in mid conversation, just cut to black. (laughs) You
1: You don't have to be a big film snob, but as as long as you watch like classic rap uh, films, like eight mile before you did this, then you're totally fine. And I'm sure, I'm sure you definitely. did. I'd imagine you did.
2: And, And, and I, 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 I don't love Eight Mile. I think the rap oh. scenes are incredible. Oh. I, I, I think
3: <laughs> interview
1: done. No. It's a fun movie,
2: and I love I love all the rap scenes. But I think some of the non-rap scenes I I, I kind of struggle to get through. But then, you know, clearly there was some Freudian thing going on because I did kind of write a similar to Eight Mile story, <laughs> and it's never been one of my favorite. I don't hate the movie. I shouldn't say that, but it's never been one of my favorite movies ever. So. Like it's funny because I did write a pretty similar story, but I didn't. I wasn't thinking of that at the same time, so it was definitely some, you know, some self-conscious stuff going on there. But the rap scenes in Eight Mile are great, and the grittiness of it is great. And um, so it, was, it I definitely did, some point, you know, had crossed some some
0: lines there without knowing it. <laughs> which uh, which hip hop movies do you like? Like that that you've
2: uh, seen that oh, you do? Uh,
1: Get Rich and Die Trying's a classic.
0: <laughs>
2: that one Sons I've movie. actually never mm. seen.
1: Oh, it's a great one. A one. <laughs> Ryan's always um, repping hustle and flow. I've not seen that, that one. Hustle flows
2: great. Yeah, yeah, He's that's like my all-time got favorite movie. Yeah, they got a grant, uh, an Oscar for that.
1: Three Six yeah. Mafia. I didn't know,
2: they got the Oscar. For yeah, that. best best original song. That's what's up. Yeah,
1: first hip hop group to get an Oscar. Brian was mentioning before we. Uh, before we started that in eight Mile, so like all the lead characters in eight mile are rappers right and you were just mentioning that like uh, the scenes that aren't rapping they're a bit more sometimes difficult to get through in eight mile i don't know if i completely agree but i see where you're coming from so then using a lead actor in your movie though do you think that was maybe a benefit as well because you do kind of run that risk like you said like you know rappers are storytellers they are they have to be comfortable Mm -hmm. in front of camera to do music videos so it stands to reason that they might be really good at acting. But you're also still running that risk if you're not using traditional actors in some form Mm -hmm. to tell your story. So I know you said you were a bit worried about it, but do you think it actually helped you having uh, an actor as your lead in order to at least drive the story forward?
2: It was definitely a give or take, which I think in any film sense, that's going to happen, even in indie filmmaking or Hollywood. But I think, and to speak very frank, I think we lost a bit of the rapping with our main character because he wasn't a rapper, um and I some people had picked up on that and i and I agree I agree you know that opening scene I would have preferred that to be literally just a straight nod to hip hop heads and let's I'll give you a seven minute freestyle, but we weren't really capable of doing that without wow. with our lead not being a rapper um but I think the scenes with Samantha and and all that with having a having an actor and, and practice a, a practicing actor who has had a lot more film than the other rappers it helped us a lot in those scenes. Um, you know, those guys that did play rappers, they never really had to go to a, a far emotional place. Adam did a great job in, in the fight scene in the basement. Yeah, um, We're like, really I mean, impressed. I was like, oh my God, I, you know, I didn't know he could he could get there. So that does give me, you know, positive look that, hey, some of these other rappers could have done, you know, a romantic scene and all that. Um, but Jason did a great job, but it was a give or take, you know, not having in the rapping parts, it was a little less than when, especially when he's right next to another rapper, they're going back and forth. You kind of see it a bit. But in those more emotional roles and and just those longer days, he, he, you got to have a, a you know a full time actor for that.
0: Mm. Yeah. Did you write his rap for him then?
2: No. So all all the ra- I wish <laughs> all the um so our main character Sindel, all of his rap um stuff came from C. Well, so a, a good friend of mine, a local rapper, um who I was going to cast as the lead. I wrote I wrote it pretty close to to him, um and then just kind of scheduling wise and all that, I just got a little little nervous. Um, and went ahead and casted jason and said um and like i said earlier it's something that i i, I always think about like oh, what what would it be like i'm just curious to know how he would have how he would have done and i'm sure he would have done great but jason jason did an incredible job mm.
1: well i think the lead character shows a lot of uh, a lot of emotion throughout too in between the raps right so and i think i, I do want to get to sam scenes particularly <laughs> but i think those play off better because they they are supposed to come from a more nuanced emotional Mm -hmm. place. I see what you're saying about the fighting. I think that that like that fight scene was really, really well done. And that's, that's an awesome place to see someone who's not a traditional actor get to, but it's also, you know, easier. I I personally think to play overt emotion. So it's easier to play, uh, anger or extreme happiness. And sometimes it's more difficult to just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of hard to translate on the scene. Um, and I think those scenes with Sam come off really well that way. And that might be beneficial that you had two actors doing that. So, Sam, how did you get on the project?
3: (laughs) I just saw the casting. I think it was on New England Film. Yeah, New England Film, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just scrolling one day. And, um, you know, when I ever have a day off, I kind of just look for fun projects that are out there. And I saw that there was this feature film being shot in Lynn, which is like, if you're from the Boston area, the North Shore is right there. You know, we're all one and the same. So I was excited about the proximity of it. Um, I'm always encouraging uh, New England filmmakers, specifically in the Boston area, to keep producing their own work because we're turning into a really competitive market, which is super exciting. So anytime I see a story that piques my interest and I know that it's in New England, I submit because I want to support it. And then Jason... I mean, Jake, sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Jay, you know, Jason's on the brain. Love you, Jason. Shout out. Um, but Jake reached back out and it was just a pretty traditional casting, I would say. Um, very similar to the casting I had with you guys. I had no connection prior to, you know, but I just kicked that audition's ass. And <laughs> long-standing long friendships <laughs> afterwards.
1: But you mentioned that the you mentioned that you were really surprised. We talked a little bit about mm. this, too. Um the professionalism behind scenes, uh, on the process. Yeah. Um, you said it was, a, it was really like a real movie, which is actually really cool, especially when you're working with, you know, micro budgets mm-hmm. and independent films to be able to emulate what you're eventually going to see. That's just good. That's just really good practice because yeah. you're used yeah. to it when you see it later on professional no, I, stuff. I
3: was so in, I was so impressed. Um, you know, with my background, I love, I love indie film. And no matter really where my career goes, I think I'll always support it. There's just something super magical about that collaboration on an independent film set. But with the process specifically, you know, being a lower budget film as so much of our indie films are, um, I I was blown away by the professionalism, the setup, the dedication from the, the crew and the cast. You know, we really all were fighting to make a great project. And it was, on display every single day that we were on set. And I knew after the first day that I was like, Jake is someone I have to continue working with. Um, I think you can find a lot of dreamers in our industry, but to find the people who not only dream big, but also show up and work hard is a rarity. You know, it's not always so much about just the result. It's really about the Oh, the process. I hate yeah. saying that, <laughs> <Anytime. so boring.
2: laughs> get, get that. Get that title in any time.
3: <laughs> but, you know, it, that's very true. You know, the developmental stages, the pre production, the post production, there's so much about filmmaking that has nothing to do with the, you know, the premiere or the hour, you know, hour and a half result that you have. So when I was working with Jake, I was just incredibly impressed. And, you know, we're currently working on another mm-hmm. project together because when that energy matches, you just have to kind of see where it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely um so let's get into that uh, like a little bit of the technicals if it was so professional i want to know how you did it man so you know like what was like what was i, I don't want to say the process again but what was the, the steps you took the, the, the um, process
2: of the process it's an, it's an impossible thing to avoid it is an impossible yeah. thing to
1: avoid but you know, so where did you really, where did you start from? Did you first start looking for actors and budget? How'd you get the budget together? You know, was it really because this was a passion project for you? You're working on it for mm-hmm. a long time, so you had the, you had the opportunity to take your time setting all that stuff up beforehand. But really, what was that like? Was well, it easy for you? Difficult? Luckily, I
2: had a I had a film professor in film school who who was a big a big uh, you know he was positive on the idea of letting having non-professional actors do do small roles with less emotion you know so i had this concept of that so what i really wanted to do is i know i had the rappers you know they were good friends of mine they wanted to showcase their music so i know i had that which was at the most sense that was the heart of the film so i knew i had that and i knew i had that for a low low cost not trying to use them for their music or their art but i knew i had that at a low cost so i wanted to put a lot of the money to to crew and equipment so I knew I wanted to shoot on, you know, we shot on a, you know, on a Arri Alexa mini, like, so we were shooting on, you know, bigger stuff. So I put a lot of money into, you know, my DP, my gaffers, my grips, my grip truck. I put a ton of money towards that. So I knew that it would look incredible and it would separate us from just someone shooting a normal music video. I wanted to definitely make this cinematic. So I put a lot of that original money into, into the crew. Um, and then I casted all of my really main people for, for either for free or for very little. And then I brought in the professional actors are going to play these small roles i would give them you know the the union low rate and so like i said a lot of that money i wanted to go to the look because i knew i could finag and not in a creepy way but finag the other things you know i got locations uh, i i thought i wrote the script to be shootable and then i ended up with like 34 locations <laughs> so i ended up getting all those for basically free just from you know having a name in the city and people know me so that was super helpful. So it really just how to get super creative with how to spend the money and where to put the money and how to not cut corners, but how to get discounts, you know, in in a, in a, in
1: a, in a I scratch your back, you scratch my back sort of way.
0: Yeah. We, we were, we've been there before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's always, it's always a challenge trying to like, I think limit, um, characters, like limit how many people you have mm-hmm. to work with and also locations, like the less locations. I mean, you learn this in film school too. The less locations, less people. It's just, Easier on yourself, but um, mm-hmm. you do have actually quite a lot of characters in your film, so you somehow still managed to get yeah. all those guys uh casted and um on screen. What was the furthest you had to travel to get anything done? Was it all in the general area? Or did you have to go we, far for one? We thing?
2: shot, I like to say, shot on location in Lynn, Massachusetts, but we did shoot one scene at my high school. I went to a high I played basketball in high school, and I ended up going to a prep school in Chestnut Hill. So oh, right,
3: right, we right.
2: got to shoot in their cafeteria, which is a gorgeous building, and they were super helpful. and. Um, you know we got to shoot there for free and they put us on their insurance and I went and spoke to the students kind of again I scratch your back you scratch your, my back sort of thing I feel like that could be like a creepy <sighs> saying I can keep saying that <laughs>
0: it just sounds every time I say it it sounds
2: gross <laughs> I gotta figure out another way you know uh, I help
3: you out you help me yeah exactly
2: <laughs> and then we shot in uh, I think it was Studio 54 and Plaid Dog Recording Studio in Austin mm-hmm. I was where that the really I, I know I wanted to make a big difference between a really professional studio and then we shoot a little bit in the Lynn YMCA studio so showing that contrast so we left the city just for just for two half days. Yeah. Um, The rest of it was all oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh.
3: Which I thought to be really um, impressive because 99% of the films that I've been on, they're trying to represent the place and, and we're nowhere near it. We're hours away. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you were on set, you could really feel the energy. You know, there was a couple of uh, family or friends that would stop by of people that were in the cast and crew. And it was just a super warm and welcoming set to be on because as jake mentioned he really did have the city supporting him and it was so evident every single day that we were on set and it just made us all it pushed us all to want to make an even better film
2: no and like to jump on what sam said too yeah the city was so was so supportive and and even if it wasn't you know you know the mayor never came to set or anything like that but you know they let us shoot it outside of lynn tech which is a high school and no one really bothered us everywhere we went no one bothered us and and it was just a good feeling, you know. We we went into local businesses, and you know they fed us. And and we, you know one time we were at you know a roast beef shop that's super famous in they The owner walked in, and, and you know our ga- our gaffer Sam robinson's is just, you know taking down the ceiling. <laughs> you know so the, everyone was super nice and understood. Hey, we'll put your ceiling back the same way we found it. You know <laughs> I shot in a family friend's house, and it was you know the first day we we did you know we did like like fourteen pages of script that first day, all in the, all in those um, basement scenes. And it was late in the day, and and. and um Catherine Castro DP was like she's like Jake do you mind if we take the basement door off and I just said go for it <laughs> you know <laughs> and we put it back but everyone was really really helpful and and I wanted to make sure that everyone was a part of it and got to see the end process and and I think that you explain to someone uh you know not that hey we're making a film and it's about Lynn rappers and a lot of people might get kind of turned off by that you know and oh I'm not going to have you come in here with your little camera and two people at So I wanted to keep telling people it's it's a big crew. It's a big it's a big set. So we showed up to some people's houses that maybe thought it was going to be me and a friend. And we had three trucks and 40 people. And I think a lot of people were surprised by that.
1: But in some weird sense, it kind of demands respect. You know,
3: it was a Absolutely,
1: I know. I, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before, but it's nice staying local as well, because you can grow your audience that way. So you first on a local level, it's like um you have like a ring of an audience and then you kind of branch further to like people that are trying to make it in the rap scene mm-hmm. or to new england in general who's ever just grown up in a tight-knit community like lynn can connect to that and so it's always better to start with the inner ring and then just branch out a bit because mm-hmm. you kind of like secure your audience inside first mm-hmm. rather than outside in um but i know what you mean by having a larger crew there were a couple times for our productions where we didn't have a large crew and that usually meant that local businesses just didn't give a fuck that you were doing (laughs) anything there and kept running Mm -hmm. and that's a nightmare for editing man there's a fucking there's a fucking scene in our movie where we're at a bar that they just kept running business (laughs) didn't turn off the music didn't like stop people from coming in and if you just pay attention there's just fucking like different background people every other cut it's a nightmare so I I think um I think I was a bit more nervous to come in with like real professional shit and like, like see if they'll charge me. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that maybe your strategy is yeah. a bit better, the <laughs> better yeah. more you legit, you and a bit of respect <laughs> and you get your space to do your job. Yeah, we shot we shot <laughs> it. Um, we shot an El Tipico, which is
2: a sh- really famous local, you know, um, Dominican uh, restaurant. And Melvis, the, the owner there, super good dude. And and he, you know, let us come in when they were still open to set up. And it was almost a pride thing and for me. But I could see it in Melvis's eyes and I could see it in the in the workers eyes that, you know, there's there's a big through setting up these cameras and normal customers that was coming through and their eyes are wide. And that was just cool to see. Um, and then we close, they closed yeah. and then we started shooting, but mm-hmm. to, to bring, to bring movie sets to, to Lynn where it's local, you know, I saw former basketball coaches coming in. I was like, what are you doing? Like they didn't even know I was a filmmaker. So that was cool. Um, we see big movies come to Lynn all the time and, mm-hmm. and, and make it look like Detroit. So it was cool to say, Hey, this is going to look like Lynn and it's going to be Lynn. No, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did you have to pay for locations for um, shut, like shutting them down? A
2: few of the, a few of the local places. Malvis um, was great. I I got all, I got food for like three times from them. So that was kind of our, our, you know, agreement with that. They would cater for us. We pay for that. Um, a few places like Lynn Russell, Lynn House of Roast Beef. I gave them a hundred bucks. Just, they would have done it for free, but I just felt like it was more of, let's just make sure that when I show up the doors unlocked, because that was always a scary thing. <laughs> and I didn't have, this is probably bad, but like, I didn't have rain check days. So if it rained or if something happened, like there was no backup plan, which is definitely not good. I went on oh, advise you to <laughs> do that, but it was the only, we had 11 days to shoot, you know, an hour and 45 minute movie. So we moved really quick. Mm-hmm. Luckily we only had, you know, one, one location change a day, if that, so that was nice. Um, and just really got to yeah. get creative. We shot the party scene in, in the, in the same apartment, we shot the party scene. We shot, um, you know, the girlfriend's bedroom. So you got to get really creative and just, try your best at that stuff Absolutely, and get lucky man. a lot of the times you just Absolutely. gotta get lucky
1: <laughs> did they give you a members only platinum card for that sandwich shop you gave hundred dollars to like free sandwiches <laughs> they closed the they of, closed uh, like this. a week later so oh, and it's no. it's a
2: staple in lynn it's a staple in lynn and they would be and i love the people that own it and they went they changed owners and all that but i would i talked to them and they were super on board they knew a bunch of the rappers it was awesome feeling and then yeah, i would drive by you know that was in the summertime so we had a few months between I would drive by on like a Friday at like four thirty, and they would be closed. And I'm like, "Oh God!" And then they would be open on a Sunday at eight a.m. So I was super confused on what was going on. And then after we shot it, they closed almost immediately. And I was just like, I was sad that they closed, but in a selfish way, I was super yeah, happy we right. got to
1: shoot in there and got that sign because they live out in, in your film. Man. Exactly, yeah. yeah They've it's a it's a a it's a been around man. since like the sixties. <laughs> yeah. So for for the scenes then, Sam, that you were in. um, because uh, it was what four scenes? Four scenes total?
3: I don't remember. I Believe so. I think so. Four, three. Who knows? Yeah, four? But, yeah. But did you four. guys do?
1: Did you do a lot of ad libbing during those scenes? Because I know, like in our experiences, like I was not that strict with the script because I thought that I wanted people to just go ahead and be responsible for their own parts. <laughs> Were you able to? <laughs> I know. Ad-lib I think. I think I, was it mostly straight off page. I
3: think I just improvised in dilettantes, like ninety percent. But you know,
1: 90% that was ninety percent of the time. <laughs> Dude, I was so scared to tell anyone to do like any like what I wanted. Like I was like, just let them no, do it. I, I didn't even realize your that script until later
0: when I was when we had to do the subtitles or the captions, <laughs> closed captions for Delicons, Oh, Yeah, sorry and about I'm that. Reading the script yeah. and none of the lines add up with anything going on. And I was
3: like <laughs> Yeah, no, we didn't have a script supervisor and they usually hate me. If you give me the green light, I'm gonna take it. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I actually don't well, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I don't really remember. I don't I think...
2: Know, I, I, you you I stayed think was... pretty good on... And, and to, to come to Sam's... I don't mean to cut you off. But to come to Sam's uh, rescue a little bit here was... And <laughs> so Jason, our lead, who I love, and he did an incredible job. He was working at a job and he was on set for 12 hours a day. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. I don't think he slept. Um, And the day Very we impressive. shot the, the 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 ocean scene, our, our script supervisor was sitting at, at Jason's legs because Jason was exhausted and... And so Sam did a really good job at as being a professional actor and helped us so much that day on set of just, you know, being patient, but also like almost coaching Jason through that scene and really helping him. And I, I it was almost like an assistant director that day. Wow. well,
3: there was, um, you know, from the. Thank you, first of all, that's very kind I got you. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, from the very first audition, everything that Jake has mentioned about bringing on local rappers and bringing on family and friends to fill in these roles you know that was something that he had told me the very first rehearsal that we ever shared uh you know i was one of the only if not the only again i i apologize if i'm wrong a veteran actor who has you know experience and does this full time and so jake was super um encouraging of helping out other actors, you know, taking people that, you know, are performers in one light, you know, performers of all genres, you have a little bit of that natural charisma. But, you know, just because I'm an actor does not mean that I can be a musician. You know, I I can't get in front of a mic and sing a song. It's a completely different skill set. And so while there were all of these people who had such charisma and such a great uh, presence there are things that you need to know when it comes to a director yelling action and then what to do so jake was really supportive of me giving the support when asked by other people on set like how could i help them how could i get them through this scene in the most genuine way possible so uh, from a creative experience it was super fulfilling for me because i'm always usually working with people where it's just the run of the mill you say your say your lines you get into your character but we really got to know one another especially mm. jason and i um, you know, I showed him like how to trust your scene partner, how to take it there. And, and, and he went along super well. And I've actually included Jason in a couple of my other projects because I just see his career really blossoming. So yeah, I would say we stayed, stayed on course oh, awesome. for the most part, you know, yeah, we kind of had plug to those
1: projects at plug Uh-oh. those projects at the end. Oh yeah. So we we can, can, uh, was
0: the, oh yeah. I it.
3: got to send you guys a couple oh, so of was things. The process
0: his like date and his debut as like a lead and a feature.
2: Yes, it was, it was his feature debut, um, and he—the fact that he was—he didn't tell anyone that he was working full time at the. At, he said his job was kind of flexible with it, but in a way, as a director, I'm like, dude, like, he, there was a few days where he walked to my house after work. I, we have PAs, we'll go get you, to. But on, in some weird way, it was that grit that made his character and right. made his personality as just a human that I loved, and that mm-hmm. you know that was it was a really cool. Experience. Like I would vouch for that kid for the rest of my life because yeah. he he was walking to set and not telling anyone. You know, like that's just <laughs> Man, an incredible determined. thing that we have this huge production and he's and he's yeah. and he's just real at, at, at the core. And that was just really cool to see. He's
3: very generous when when you have a scene with him or when you're on set with him. He's incredibly supportive of of other filmmakers. And you know, I, I put him in another film that I'm working on, and he was on set for twelve hours, no qualms, did whatever he could do, and. You know, those are the type of people that you need, especially in the independent world, because we're all, you know, it's so corny to say, but we're all in this together. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's great to have team players.
2: And that, That's another thing, too, as far as this being my directorial debut for a feature casting. It, you don't know what to fully expect. And I, I did have more roles than I thought I was going to like then. I I knew I had, but then you have to film. And so always the case. man. Yeah, you get you get an actor like Sam on board and you're like, oh, fuck, like I should have wrote her 10 more scenes, you know, or people don't, or, or you, 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 know. you know,
3: we've talked about it and, and Dylan, you know, I'm sure we talked about it when we were doing dilettantes, like, ah. I'm dabble in producing and writing and I understand the other positions that are involved on a film set but I am an actor first and I definitely think you know I can't stand actors as much as the next person the ego is just ridiculous but in the defense of my people you know there is a really big difference when you give you know true dedication and, and an appropriate amount of time to casting, because when Mm -hmm. you find the right person and not only just, you know, a great person who's great at memorizing lines and doing the job, but when you find someone who's willing to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse again and be generous and, you know, be willing to try new things with their scene partner, you know, you, you realize just how valuable someone who really is professionally trained in this craft is because they can take your story and completely make it turn it into something entirely different that you didn't know it could possibly be. Um, So, you know, Jake and I talked about that and I've noticed that moving forward, he's definitely going to want to take the time, you know, the project we're working on. We've been working on casting, no joke, for six weeks. We had a casting session, a Zoom session that was like five hours long and it takes time, but it makes a really big difference to to have a strong cast for sure.
2: And like I hired um, for later on in the process of of of, of casting the, these roles, Vac Harris, who played Daryl, oh, love I, on screen. It was just like I had to get someone, and and it worked. And then he was unbelievable at mm-hmm. what he does. And it's like again, it's like it's you don't you don't prepare yourself for that. It's like it, he made this character so good, I actually want this character to be more in the movie now. You know, and yeah. a, and another guy who was he's professionally trained and and is willing to put the work. in, he he was from Providence. He came up to Lynn. And his only shot that day was to walk up a staircase, and he was happy just to be around and, and to and to experience everything. And he was just—I would cast him in every project going forward. So, back if you hear this, just know whatever it is, you're <laughs> going to be in back. it. <laughs> yeah,
1: the view is great. It's a—it's definitely a rush just being on a film set.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah. After his first scene, I was uh, hoping he'd be—he'd be back around again. I mean, we do see him. Um, I knew—I yeah. knew he was going to come yeah. back around with that line when they were waiting in line, and he was going to be there and be like, No, dude, get <laughs> out of here." Yeah,
3: yeah, he was a presence for sure.
2: He can Love play it. that. He, he played this really tough, scary guy. And then yeah. you talk to him and he's, he's just a sweetheart. <laughs> you know? He's
3: got to be like, he's nothing like that character. He's yeah. so uh, soft-spoken and kind-hearted. And I've only been around him a handful of times. But hey, you had a really nice, nice cast. Nice yeah, crew. a, a like, lot of
1: it's just luck. A lot of, a lot nice of it's people. luck, you know. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes it's a bit easier as well, to. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an actor, so I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but it's either easy to play it from a place, you know, or play the exact opposite of you oh, because well, you.
3: Sorry, I totally cut you off, Dylan. I apologize. What'd you say?
1: That was oh, That was, that was the question.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think every single actor. No matter the role that you're playing, you do put some of yourself into them. Um, I'm taking this really awesome class at the Markland studio with John Markland and it's called the leading lady course and it's already blowing me away this this man is an amazing hollywood acting coach i recommend him to anyone but basically he's was just telling us the other day that the deeper you go into understanding yourself as a human being understanding what makes you tick uh where you can learn to be more vulnerable where you can learn to be give more strength you know, those are all things that you can, that your character can adopt. And you, if you can be real within yourself, if you can be authentic within yourself, then you bring the authenticity to the character. So I never really recommend, I'm sure some people do every actor, every filmmaker, every artist has their own process of doing things, but I always try to find something that I can relate to my characters because it just allows me to go so much deeper. If I, you know, I've been there from unafraid. So that's kind of how I do things.
1: You're still rapping? Yeah. Focusing on my music full time. There's a show in Providence, man. I forgot all about it. I think you'd be perfect for that. Yeah, but sometimes I wonder if anybody believes in me. Not because they know me, but because they truly believe in my talent.
3: Uh,
0: i do want to talk a little more about just the core concept of of this movie because there are there are a lot of aspects you know as as you were saying like with the end again again, spoiler alert but you know not making it and like he doesn't make it at the end you know it still just kind of goes through the real life process and um lifestyle that goes on with trying to be an underground artist you know does don't have to be a rapper don't have to be a singer but like any actor filmmaker uh painter and these people go through it they they think they have a big break like going to perform at a showcase that could lead you to opening for nas which quick side note the subtitles on uh the process spelt nas with a z at the end and it really pissed me off <laughs> i don't know
2: i so i i used i used i used i used uh we got distributed by Indie Rights, who they've been great, and they've got us on great streaming platforms. But they they recommend Rev.com, which I don't, I probably should have done a better job reading through the subtitles because I just got them and sent it out because it was it was it was becoming kind of like a, yeah. a struggle, and I didn't I didn't reread them at all, and they spelled yeah, Lynn the wrong way. So we have too. an Amazon, like we have an Amazon comment they spelled it like Jeremy Lynn's
0: last name. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, they must use like a robot or something like that. Oh and I, I easily could have like probably given them the notes, and they would fix it. And I just just was kind of in a rush, which was a super big mistake. But yeah, oh no. And God. they also, and not not to go down some a uh, uh, realm we shouldn't go down, but they also used the hard yes. R and, and yeah. the N word, which is a, a, an issue with me. And and. I, it's just something that I regret, straight up, and and hopefully if you know well, we've got to somehow try to fix this, you yeah. know. But there's a few things there that that definitely reread, re- proofread your subtitles when you have an outside company do it is what yeah, I've learned. It, it <laughs>
1: just to be just to be clear to all our our listeners as well, uh, uh, Jake did not do the subtitles; <laughs> they were, not, they were <laughs> outsourced. Yeah. And when you're when you're making movies and you're trying to do it almost virtually by yourself, I'm not sure how big your crew was, but like you're doing a lot of things that sometimes you just forget to check some other yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, from the the experience of no, I mean to manually do the
0: subtitles myself, uh, I would have done the same thing because it sucks ass. It is the worst part of any film <laughs> yeah. is writing those, in, especially when the script is so improvised, yeah. and it's, you have to listen to every scene like yeah, three especially times, when... make sure you wrote it exactly as it is. <laughs> But also yeah. these people Brian's misspelled Sam's character's name. Put on his they set. called her instead of M. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I uh, yeah, not good, not yeah. good guys.
0: <laughs> but but anyway, going back to that whole thing though, um, you know, not to put you on blast, but there are people on like IMDb who made these comments who are saying like, you know, that you don't know what you're talking about. That you can just go on Spotify and like upload music. You still have to work like a full time job and stuff and trying to make it. but like. I've been in the underground rap scene before, you know, um, I did it like a friend of mine in college just for fun. And these showcases, these types of like opening acts and stuff that you get, like, yeah, you can go on SoundCloud, you can go on Spotify, but that doesn't get you anything. It's just a platform for people that maybe discover you with your fingers crossed, but any underground rapper, especially in Lynn, Massachusetts or like Rhode Island, like where I was you you find these opportunities and you think they're the one because it's a big name and it could put you on yeah. the spot and it's like, it mm-hmm. hurts when you don't get it. Like we were trying to open, we had an yeah. opportunity to open for Joe Budden in Providence. And, mm-hmm. and if you, if you or your friends who are rappers know anything about these types of underground, like opening gigs, they, they're a ripoff. They're not even worth the time or the effort, but you think they are. But we had to sell at least 30 tickets to in order to get the spot, and we didn't come close because everyone we knew were college kids who didn't want to spend money on anything, let alone you know these rappers who they were friends with but didn't really like listen to their music or anything like that. So it was like you couldn't get the support, mm-hmm. and we a- eventually ended getting we got like thirty or like twenty eight tickets or something sold through like consistent mm-hmm. begging and shit from all these people, and yeah. we go to the venue and. Were like you didn't do it on time we are not you're not opening for him so it was like it's like a process of like telling all these people like all right, mm-hmm. weren't we apparently we're not opening for joe budden anymore sorry about that hopefully you get your money back if not we'll reimburse you and it just sucked
2: yeah However, no and that and that was the thing G- growing up and you know being in high school and not even being old enough to go to the clubs we would go me C wells adam lon and different lynn rappers i wasn't a rapper i was just i was just there to support them and those were my boys but yeah, like it, this was, like you said, I wrote this for them to the contest to open up for, for Nas and literally in Providence. And literally I went and we all drove to Providence and it was a contest to open up for Joey Badass. I just, Nas is my favorite rapper. I had of to course. put him in there. But yeah, it's this thing. And to go on the, those IMDb comments, I saw those like those two one-star reviews and I was reading it and I was like, you know, it is what it is. It, they're definitely trolls, but like, yeah, absolutely. they literally they weren't. That wasn't. That was. They didn't watch the movie because it was nothing about. It was literally the most mundane story and anticlimactic story about being a an indie artist. So I'm like, what is those even about? And they were pretty long, but that's gonna happen. It comes with it. You, you, you can't you can't stop it. In some sense, it's kind of entertaining.
1: Um, but I yeah, I was just I mean, really thrown off by that we we had friends recently like applying to festivals and something very similar happened to them. I won't go into the details on that, but kind of what like I argued and what we kind of came to the realization of is that any sort of press like that as well is just press, mm-hmm. right? So it means that people are noticing your stuff. And when you're starting out, I, I'm i personally not someone too picky to have that on either side. If it's a, if it's a very strong reaction, it's still a reaction mm-hmm. and you could hope to God that if you're getting really Some really negative reactions in some circles, you're going to get really positive reactions in other circles. Mm -hmm. I think that equally balances out. So, you know, that, that's just, that's just part of, uh, part of the At <laughs> least yeah, yeah, right. uh, uh,
3: they're talking about it. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I played,
2: I played division one basketball at, at a pretty high level and I've had things written about me. They had blogs. So I have pretty tough skin when it comes to that. So I, I you kind of laugh it off, but yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. at least it's someone just commenting on your stuff. Yeah, that's always exactly. kind of cool. Right. You,
1: you, yeah, you <laughs> <heard> the <laughs> <all> right <laughs> way to, get them to even that.
0: give your movie more than in a single like thought in their head. And that's what matters. Granted, it didn't yeah. sound like they, they watched yeah. it at all because they were talking talking about like like it basically I read it before, right as I was watching it and it made me think that it ends uh-huh. with this guy like he gets the opening, Nas meets <laughs> him, somehow you get a Nas cameo and he's like, Hey man, you wanna get signed to Mass Appeal? Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's a huge artist from that. Yeah. But that was not the case. So, all right, these people have no idea what they're talking about. This yeah. is very accurate to like the life yeah. of an underground. That's always
3: <laughs> it's it's always the people who don't know a person or have no content mm-hmm. that are the ones that are trying to shit on someone's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you have nothing yeah. better to do. You as haven't far, even watched it. Yeah.
2: And as far as hip hop movies go the past, I don't, I don't know, 15 years, I might be missing a few, but like they've mostly been biopics. So I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, Again, yeah, we had eight Mile was what? Oh, one or two or three something like that. So I'm like, we're giving you something closer to that. We're not giving you which, you know, straight out of content was a great movie, but it, it it was it was a biopic. This was just like, hey, these are just guys in your backyard that are really good at, at rapping, and they're going to go through a lot to to make their music. So I'm like, I just it was
1: just like, what are you talking? There's no CEOs coming into land. This is a this is a this is maybe a, a weird comparison, but I had a I had a class um, back in college where the, we had to do a whole week. It was genre studies whole week on uh gangster rap films uh straight out of comedy just come out and uh and mafia movies Mm -hmm. and the argument there that we're talking about is like mafia movies that kind of glamorize the life and like the style and then people start to falsely remember those as what it was like Mm -hmm. so example would be the godfather like what was mafia people like uh like back then was it actually like the godfather or they just misremembering because (laughs) of the medium Mm -hmm. and the argument still came up with um straight out compton does it do the same thing does it was like the gangster aspect of it there first or did the music then come and people started misremembering how that starts up but i think the difference there if you're going to make that comparison is like your movie is more like sopranos which i just finished watching (laughs) it's much more realistic and gritty and gives you kind of the real look at what like trying to become a famous rapper Mm -hmm. in like a tight-knit community would be like it's not it's not a glamorized biopic it's and you're right we haven't had that many movies Particularly, I can't remember. Maybe Brian notes in the rap genre that have done that recently. Besides maybe Eight Mile, but that's yeah. twenty years uh, ago. I, I can't so.
0: think of many. There's like there are Netflix originals that like didn't really take off, like a uh, Dumplin.
2: Dope, dope was something d- like that. D- right? Dope, dope was is probably like was, the most successful really rapper, and like
0: closest to it without actually being it, because yeah. it's just about these kids and a rap bl- band. Blind Spawning had rap
2: in it. Yeah
0: exactly yeah
2: and then blind spotting had rap in it but it wasn't a rap movie it was more just like it like broke the yeah. third wall and then do it. It. i don't know if you guys have seen blind spotting no.
1: but the most we're getting the most we're getting rap in movies now is a lot of like uh composers and scoring that is just rap based mm-hmm. um in different movies which is that's also really cool but it's not it's not the same thing at right. all yeah. so. it's not a rap movie it's rapping for a movie yeah mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly um then speaking of which, though, talking about soundtracks and stuff, because, again, your whole movie is just original uh, original songs from these rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see also an increase in like popularity in their music? Because I know that your movie is doing quite well. But I was also then curious, if your movie is about music, it stands to reason that people really like the music, which we did. My favorite scenes, which I'm sure is pretty much everyone's favorite scenes, are all in the studios because mm-hmm. they yeah. look mm-hmm. so unbelievably nice. Yeah. You put a lot of effort into those. Yes. <laughs> Do you see some uptick in some of these rappers' music? Are any of them doing better? Um,
2: well, Adam, who's a good friend of mine, Mike who played Winston, he's finally starting to release music. He he almost makes music therapeutically, which is such a commendable thing, but he's starting to release music more now. And I don't know if that's a confidence thing or just he's just, you know, he makes songs there all day. So that's been cool to see him release some more music. Um, you know, Khalil Jacobs and West Taylor, they release music so often, but they are it's just it, it's it's solidifying them a little bit more, maybe that they, they can, they can say my music was in this, this movie that did, you know, that's playing in festivals all over and all that. Um, There hasn't been a crazy uptick in it. You know, C Wells who, who, you know, that's Sindel's music. Um, He's now releasing a few more music. Now he kind of took, he had a little break almost. Um, So there's not been a huge uptick in it, but their consistency of making music is still there, um, which is, at the core of it is pretty authentic. Um, but there's been a little bit of it. I've had random people, like someone messaged us on YouTube and saying like, this is, you know, a fan from Louisiana. When's the soundtrack coming out? We're trying to work on the soundtrack. It's just a little tricky with, you know, trying to put, you know, 18 rappers on one album and making sure <laughs> right. everyone's happy. Um, but everyone's been really nice with that. I just get a little <laughs> nervous with it, you know, but um, so hopefully we'll have a soundtrack yeah, up soon course. and that, that would be helpful because people have yeah, been I'm asking forward for it to that.
0: Um, but a lot of, lot of great songs. Definitely. Yeah, we got to
2: get it out. Actually, I,
0: do, I do have a question. I and like the, you said, one of the, one Absolutely of the yeah. songs from Adam or Mike L and the, in the credits, it said it was with mm-hmm. Nick Mira. I don't know if you know the background of that song or not. Smooth smoothness was the name of it. But like, do you know if that was like for yeah. the producer, Nick Mira? Cause like, he's a pretty big producer.
2: So I think what happened there and oh, no one sue us. I think he, <laughs> he might've took a sound from it. So then we kind of just put him gotcha. in. So Kinda if it like ever that, happened he wouldn't be upset know, pat on the <laughs> back
0: like fingers crossed no copyright thing like a uh,
2: L- little footnote yeah. out, like the
0: oh, <laughs> like the old uh joey badass tapes that say like produced by mf doom but he just took the mf doom beat from one of his beat tapes and wrapped over it yeah Not, he wasn't in the studio Look, with mf doom
2: <laughs> a- yeah exactly no we that was that's what we did i had adam send me you know, Mike Elliot. He sent me like you know fifty beats for this, and we used so much of his music, which was great. And that was like the one that he might have like used the sample. He like forgot. It, I don't know. But then he just like just put his name on it, so no one gets upset. So we did that. Dang. Well,
0: <laughs> if he if he ever but. catches wind of it, and he, I think he's a pretty chill dude. I don't I don't know him personally or anything like that. Yeah. But he's I think he's too young to give a, to give a damn about it, but. I've, you know, he catches and yeah, he's like he came oh, after us. one <laughs> of my beats was uh used on here. I'll promote this movie, see what happens.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully that's how people are at that at that point in their career. Yeah, you never know right. <laughs> I mean he does
0: well enough, but he doesn't need to stress over uh this indie film using one yeah. of his tracks. <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> and the beat played for like eleven seconds, so he can't. Right. He Actually, can't say anything. That's under the
0: <laughs> copyright infringement. Usually, it's like thirty seconds plus is when, like, at least YouTube would flag it.
2: Yeah, the,
3: the, something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, all that stuff, all the copyright stuff is scary. I, we our, our AD Paul Taff, you got a little nervous sometimes with logos, but I was like, let's just let's just go with it, uh, figure it out.
3: Logos <laughs> will be the death nah, of me. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: but like, like, like you were saying about about the rap scenes. What was really cool with with my DP Catherine, who you know with. Trying to shoot, you know, 90 pages of script in only 11 days. It was going to have to be a lot of handheld stuff, which which ended up working really well to the gr- the grittiness of the film. But I wanted to make sure that when they were in the studio, it, we did a lot of stuff on Dana Dolly's and and keeping stuff really smooth because that's when they were in their, in their, you know, in their haven. So that was cool that we got to really stylize those shots.
1: Did you guys, uh did you make a lot of your own equipment as well? I know for us, when we needed a steady oh, camera, man. we just uh, nailed a bike handles to a piece of plywood and just <laughs> held it that That's way. That's amazing. You guys should follow, If you
2: you got to follow uh, Shitty Rigs on Instagram. They they always post stuff like that. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a great Instagram yeah, to I follow. Got
1: pictures, I got pictures of that stuff, man. I mean, that stuff was kind of like the more fun stuff for us to try too. I think when you're working with lower budgets, we didn't even really talk about the amount of crew you had or the budget you had, but when you're working with lower budgets, you got to stay creative. Mm-hmm. I know for us, we were reading a lot of books ahead of time. Uh, to just kind of get us in the mindset of what we had to do mm-hmm. and just like just reading like these books on like people that have done it before one of my favorites and i really recommend is rebel without a crew mm-hmm. which is robert rodriguez when he did el mariachi for seven grants wow. with no crew just himself um and he won sundance that year that's crazy but um, <laughs> yeah. it's an amazing amazing book mm-hmm. it's like 180 pages it's just his journal for making it but so he talks about how um he's got like a section called 10 minute film crew and he talks about our 10 minute film school And he says that with the lack of money, you stay creative. Mm -hmm. You can't just throw money at problems. You have to figure out ways to do things that are different, which makes your movie unique Mm -hmm. and keeps it passionate. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure there was a lot of that in there. And I kind of wanted to ask then, like, where was a place in the film where you felt it like this would have been really tricky and it overdid your expectations? And another place where you're like, this will probably work. Or I think this will work. And then it was like, nah, that fell flat. I didn't actually like that part at all.
2: Um, so the opening scene, I originally wanted to be like that typical, like, you know, everyone's rapping in the car, smoking while they're driving. And my DP and everyone was just kind of like, that's going to be a really tricky day. You know, that could be a 12 hour day of trying to get the camera in the car and have everyone rap individually. So we ended up just parking the car in a parking lot in a really famous you know, Neptune towers and Lynn right behind us. So that's it worked out really well. I, think, I still would like to see the car moving. But so that that worked out really well. As far as things fl- falling flat on space, um, we were going to do the club line just like on the side of the street. And everyone talked me off that ledge and we ended up finding a building. to It was just like a, a packaging building that we made look like a club. So, again, that worked out really well and just kind to get creative. Um, falling flat on space. I mean, some stuff definitely did. I don't want to sound like we did. Oh, we forgot B-roll in the party scene. Oh, so that yeah. was fun. We had about <laughs> 50 people in that little apartment and. <laughs> we just completely forgot it and we were pretty organized and we had a lot of people on set and somehow that happened <laughs> and then we had to go back and get just like really simple b-roll so that, that kind of hurt the soul a bit because the, the party seemed to end up cutting together really well and like oh we had we had so many people in there that we didn't even show <laughs> it's like oh shit so that's something that yeah, it was that a regret be, that
1: was actually gonna be one of my questions because when like you know in our experience we just Got tight on all our actors Mm -hmm. and like our like extras, and then like made it look like a party, but reality was there was like maybe five people there. And I was I saw that in your movie. Just like I wonder if you used the same strategy, but so you didn't. You had a lot. We had a solid amount of people. Yeah, we all yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that was a great night. We shot it at a friend of
2: ours' house, and uh, we basically had like I didn't go outside for twelve hours. I was in the apartment the whole day, but there was like basically a party going on in the backyard. So that was a fun night. Um. That's we sick. lit a, a sheet on fire because we put it on a light too close, but it happens. And then we I had a we, a we smoked oh, we, we fog <laughs> machined a ton of stuff. So the, the the smoke alarm was just going off constantly. But it was we got around it.
1: I mean you wouldn't yeah. have noticed. It was just my only comment. I thought, oh maybe you got like five people in there. Because I was looking, I was I I wanted to see because there's a part of me I I really loved it. And going back to your first scene, I as soon as that first scene came on. I, I know you want the car moving but it's done so well mm-hmm. i really like how the camera moved and the it really hooked me immediately and so i um, i immediately texted brian during the first scene already without ever seeing the rest of the movie i was like you gotta go watch this because i know it's gonna be your type of thing yeah. like brian brian's a massive rap fan used to intern at Wu- yeah, Wu-Tang 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 management, management brian was it
0: oh, I, I didn't know that and so i was That's immediately so cool. like
1: this is brian's type of movie so i gotta give it to him but uh Part of me is also always looking at it and being like, "All right, how I want to see how well this guy did. I'm I'm <laughs> gonna get jealous if it's overly good. Yeah. I'm gonna get very jealous if it's too good." And so I was looking for those uh, that stuff. But the party scene came out great, man. Yeah. I mean, regardless it didn't of need b-roll, game, it was definitely didn't it need was b-roll. Really, you didn't really need the mm-hmm. b-roll. Yeah, no. we had so, and I kind of liked it
2: too. We had, because well, my bad. So, I mean, we had extras like down on the porch, and and Paul, our AD, was bringing up you know extras when we needed them. <laughs> it's like I can't. I can't believe we didn't get B-roll. We had extras waiting outside that, and that would just die again in the movie. And and i was just like, oh my God. It, it was one of those hiccups where a 12-hour day and it's just something, it's just so small. And, and our editor um, who edits full-time at Ethan Allen for the commercials, is a really creative person. Kyle Rogers who's great. He only got to be on set for like three days, so when he was on set that second, that, that one of those days, he was like, oh, we got to get B-roll for the party, right? <laughs> oh, God, we forgot. And so we, he ended up coming hey, I up and... I
0: think so, it's also... It's, when we were doing dilettantes, so yeah. I feel you. That was Marina. No, she was it's, all it's about mind, that. She'd just like kinda, leave, and I'd just see her like by yeah. the river, just like filming stuff, and like, what is she doing? I was like, oh, she's making B-roll. Mm-hmm. We need yeah, that. Yeah.
1: That's honestly yeah that's that's honestly probably the genius the, one of the more genius things our dp on our film would walk back to like home base mm-hmm. rather than drive back yeah. with us and just walk down like the esplanade and get a bunch she's of she's a visionary
3: Marina's an mm-hmm. absolute visionary yeah, she's, she's something really, special really yeah
1: um but going back to that party scene i think it worked well man on another level too because like sometimes those parties do fall flat mm-hmm. so if it even looks that way it's not a problem it actually works to the idea of a tight-knit community and not like this like massive rager yeah type like uh thing you know and you kind of want to focus on what's like being said Mm anyway so those b-roll shots add up to a little bit extra in your film but they don't make or break it right which is that's how you got to judge it if it doesn't work out you are gonna be like is this pivotal to what i'm trying to get across no then i'm gonna move on and with with an
2: 11 day schedule we didn't write in any days or any time for b-roll so um i would have liked you know a lot more b-roll just to have and but it's just one of those things that it's just one of those confines you have to find a, a rhythm in and just, okay, we don't have this. And there was times where Catherine would go walk or, you know, we would drive around the car. If we had, if we finished a few, few hours or a few minutes early. Um, but yeah, B-roll is always, it's always tricky, but it's, it's in the edit. It's like, Hey, we can't get it. Cause we can't rent that camera again. So it's a very expensive camera and you got to get creative with it. And sometimes <laughs> yep. confines like that are, are the best thing to have.
1: <laughs> Sam, were you already a rap fan before or did you become more of a rap fan after a million dollar question? Mill- yeah, just lie. Yes, just yes. No, yeah. no, no, for real. I'm trying to think if I care say. more.
3: <laughs> 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 no, I mean I've always been. I just have music playing 24 seven. I literally don't care what genre it is. I don't have a preference for anything over anything else i mean i'll literally go through <laughs> a classical piano piece followed by some rap followed by some singer songwriter and end the night with country i don't know like i just listen to everything i have a super <laughs> eclectic taste but i
1: want sam featured on this album that you're gonna release sure. i want sam i want someone to write her a rap yeah. and i want she's sam doing all rap. the ad libs she's got no, one I mean, for I was just <laughs>
3: I was I was the absolute most when I was in high school. Like it's so embarrassing, and we can probably cut this from the podcast. But I had a nickname. We're not
1: going to.
3: (laughs) I had a nickname called V Money in high school because I used to get hammered and think that I was like the next rap god. Like I was the one. I was the one. The goat. But I will say, actually, you know, because I come from the Worcester area, so naturally, I think my favorite rapper is Joiner. Like, no question about that. Um, makes sense just from like relatability but he's also i think i think i've listened to the ADHD album more than i've listened to any other album in recent years uh so i don't know i guess I guess I'm always looking for an artist, with just relatability. I like someone who puts a story and a theme into all of their albums. I think a huge problem, which is one thing I love about this film, is that it is centered around music. And one thing that I can't stand about the streaming services and just really the younger generations is we sit down and we listen to a single, you know, a single after single after single. And people forget that there really is supposed to be a craft and, and a theme throughout an entire album. And so I'm a really big fan of, of buying records. I have a record player and I just do start to finish. And so if there's a mm-hmm. story of, you know, something from your childhood or if there's some sort of theme where everything revolves around family, you know, I'm much more inclined to something that's a full body of work, which, again, you know, to reiterate Joyner's ADHD, I think that album did that perfectly. It's a it's a story. It's yeah. very theatrical. And that's what I'm always looking for in any type of music.
1: Did you listen to any of the songs from this film before you signed on to it? Or no?
3: no, I don't think I heard anything.
1: Yeah. The table read might have been the first time you heard something. Table read. Yeah. What
3: was the song that they played at table? in my city? So, in my yeah, city? Yeah, so yeah, for
2: the table read, we Ooh. did. We I had a friend of mine, Edwin, who read the actions for it. And then whenever we got to a part where they're going to be in the studio, because we had all, I think it was like 30 of the actors, we played the song. Um And then we went back to the script, which was really what, cool.
3: I forget, and, and I feel bad, but In My City, which yeah. song was that?
2: That's like the main song. Yeah, the what's
3: end. it called, though, for real? We,
2: had, we like named it In My City. In
3: oh, okay. So the song In My City. I, at the table read, I was like, okay, I signed on to a good project. <laughs> because I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit hesitant because I hadn't known. Um, there was no name that I knew. Mm-hmm. I, I knew of VAC uh, a little bit. Previously, but um, there was no name that I knew tied to the project. So I'm like, oh God, okay. Like, what's this? Is anyone really going to bring it? Because I knew so many people in high school who were trying to be rappers or just trying to be musical artists, and uh, they get they get a bad rep. They really do. Um, But the second we were at the table read, I was like, oh shit, (laughs) these people actually know what they're doing. And um, you know, the lyrics were meaningful. And again, just to reiterate, like I'm always just looking for a, a story. I don't want. I don't like anything superficial. In books and mm-hmm. movies and yeah. music. Nothing superficial. It bores me. And I'm interested. Is that
1: the one you were listening to a lot, Brian? Which, like, Brian got on this call. I was like, there's one of them that I just kept listening to. No, really I don't, I don't
0: think that's on, unless I'm wrong, I don't think that's on like YouTube or anything. I was listening to Cash Cow. I put it in my, Cash Cow's a classic.
2: Yeah. I know. He got to put it out on a single. I put it out on YouTube. I didn't, I didn't even let him know. I'm like, yeah, I'm putting this out.
0: Yeah. But uh, no. <laughs> Suck it.
2: <But> that's, <laughs> well, he's got one fan. Yeah. He's got a fan. Yeah. And that's the thing with. with um.
0: I'm like a beat for
1: him With too. not
2: being being your your debut like you know I can only tell Sam I'm making a movie I, I can show her my senior thesis film in, in film school but the rest of uh, all of the other stuff maybe like just like projects you do to, in school so it it's a daunting task to get people to believe in, in what you're doing and and not just saying hey I'll pay you come on but actually having them come believe it um was was tricky at first but then once I think everyone enjoyed their time on set it seems like that so that was cool but that breaking that ice is tough at first you gotta have people believe in what your vision is and you don't just want to overpay people so that they're working for you but you want them Mm. to say i'll work for that person on a a lower rate next time or something
3: it all just comes down to the script and the story and um you know i'm always interested in reading people's work i never just knock you know a little casting notice where they just put you know two lines about what this character is you know you can't can't judge it off of that so i always like to read this the full script and you know jake's writing is just what set him apart i was like okay my character is really awesome and I like her journey and I like what she has to say. And then that's enough for me. And then it's our job to to tie it all together and to bring life into it and make it special. So, you know, every single person that was involved in this project did that. And I actually felt a very similar um sense of camaraderie that I felt when we were shooting dilettantes Um, you know the fact that I'm still chatting with you guys and still friends with y'all after all these years and working with Jake on another project I mean that's the gift of independent filmmaking is when you're surrounded by passionate people you you find you know the like-mindedness and you get together and you continue to make art throughout the years it's a very special process
1: well I think I think I can also then say for the three of us Jake included that like having you on our projects was such a large um benefit like you said like having someone that knows their stuff and like also not someone that just knows the acting stuff but also is kind of like empathetic to the things that other people have to do on a set. I mean taking a chance on people's work like ours is a huge thing for us. So I remember when we were trying to do casting and I reached out to you it was extremely appreciative and I can't stop appreciating it. So <laughs> for the rest of the time I know you, I will always say thank you. I'm sure that runs true for the rest of them too. It was a huge, huge advantage having you on set. And you were a really, really big part of uh, what all of us were trying that to do. Fashion, so absolutely. That was a uh, that's so and, nice.
2: Yeah. And, and, and it's and, and it's funny you say that because yeah, like Sam comes on and she's always prepared and ready to go and professional. <laughs> and it's my first feature, so I'm like shit. Like, do it's hard. I remember like you know. I worked my ass off saving up for, for this and doing odd jobs and all this. And then, like, you're on set and, like, because you're the director, like, the PAs don't want to look you in the eye. I'm like, oh, guys, like, I'm curious to know what who you who you guys are. It's lunch, you know? But then when when Sam was off one day, she came on set and hung out with with uh, Marissa, our, our makeup artist, and I was like, oh, shit, that has to be a good sign. <laughs> you know? Oh, so that yeah. was cool, you know? Oh,
3: yeah, for sure. I mean, well.
1: You're a very social barrier. Yeah, right? you just like. Yeah. Sometimes
3: you kind of can't you got to kick me off set. But no, I mean, I think that's just a testament to the people that are around. And I always want to be in a creative mindset and I'm inspired by other artists. I don't approach my industry at all with a competitive mindset. It's collaboration over competition any day. And when you're around people who are hardworking and have ideas, it inspires you to push yourself and your creativity. And, um, My best friend, Marissa Mancini, was the makeup artist on the process. So your girl had to come through because, uh... you know.
1: Her, you know how many bragging rights you've given me, Sam? Because every time I'm watching Hulu and there's a commercial that comes on with you, it would be like, I worked with her. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I know that person. <laughs>
3: is it the Adore Me commercial, the lingerie one? My poor father yeah, is seeing <laughs> it everywhere. And the other night, he was watching CNN, and he's like, oh, there's my child's breast. And I was like, I'm sorry, Dad.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: no, the, the oh, commercials, it's... I'm very grateful for the work because... It, as corny and soul sucking as commercials can be, they provide you with the financial support in order to take on these types of projects. Um, and it's, it's a no brainer when the script is good and when there's people who are working behind it, I've been on sets with million dollar budgets and I'm so bored out of my mind and it's reflective in the work and it sucks. I'd rather just be with a bunch of yeah. fun, creative people running well, gun mean- any day.
1: Look at the connections you were making, because now you're talking to three people who you worked with on films. And like you said, we're just still friends after all these years. And I'm sure you and Jake, are you guys are working on a new project together. Oh, yeah. A feature film. It's it's definitely it's definitely a push pull. I -hmm. mean, I think you should work on your career of making films like uh, like the process and also like, you know, do things that are tangentially related to what you want your career to be to help pay the bills Mm -hmm. while those aren't making you that much money. Mm -hmm. But you should never lose sight of the thing that you really want to do. And that's what I think that's what you're doing as well with the commercials. It's the same that we're all doing. But
3: I feel like that's also, you know, to tie just back into what we're talking about. Like, I think everything you just said, Dylan, is completely applicable to the film, the process, and that you just have to keep going no matter Mm -hmm. what. And one of the things that people don't talk about enough when it comes to filmmakers in general, not so much actors, because we definitely get this reputation, you know, people always ask, okay, well, what's your real job? You know, when when you go into the arts, if you're not in a movie alongside Robert De Niro, people are like, "Okay, well, what do you do?" And that can be really disheartening. So. Mm. When you and Robert
1: s- De Niro is quite old, so he only got a couple more years to get I know, in. i got to so hurry before, up. You just can never be a professional actor I know, again. i, I, I got to answer I my calls. i
3: got to hurry up. i got to get down to New York. But, um, you know, when people get to actually see, you know, the 30-second commercials that you're seeing me in, and I was actually talking about this yesterday, people will see just a glimpse of your success, and they have no idea the insurmountable stress that we have to deal with 24-7. I mean, for the 30 seconds you see me on TV, I'm getting ridiculous rejected a hundred times a week and I'm not exaggerating when I say that uh, you know it's audition after audition my agents are absolutely amazing andrew wilson agency shout out love you guys but there's only so much work to go around and you just all have right. to keep the faith and you have to stay the course always
1: well this goes back like going back to to the film as well jake this is like going to those rings of audiences because I think even for someone like me I'm not I'm not at all in the music world I used to be in like bands and stuff um Check out our episode five podcast about music. It was really fun. Wait, what did you but, play in um, a band?
3: I have to know. Trumpet. What was what? What instrument did you play? Did I
1: play? Trumpet. Oh, I, I'm a guitar player. Guitar player. Oh, trumpet.
3: I thought it was going to be something
1: guitar, fun yeah. like a trombone. Oh, I'm cool. Like, don't yeah. worry. I was cool. French horn. Yeah, French horn. Um, the symbol. But it, it, it really connected with me in a way because I think it's also just kind of the struggle for any independent artist that's really trying to make it. So, like, even just making films is. You're going to take huge risks and sometimes they don't pay off or, you know, you get rejected all the time. And that film really it resonated with me on that level because I can relate to how difficult this is and also just having to go and tell people like, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, but you know, yeah, right. You make sandwiches, or <laughs> yeah. like, what else what do you, do you, do you, do you do work at? Oh, only you yeah. yeah. so it make me a like, sandwich, so. you damn
0: director?
2: As, <laughs> as corny as it sounds, we are all Sindelen in some sense. You know, we we you take these risks and and you sacrifice a lot. You know, but it's it's worth it. And but you got to be kind of a special breed to, to be able to do it and and, and kind of weather the storms where it, it's not it's not happening. You know, and. Um, but it'll all be worth it one day. And, uh, it's just, so I had a, it was a a tougher day on set one day and I have two of my friends that came up from film school, um, Tristan and John AD and uh, second AD and a script supervisor. And, you know, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of one of the actors. And I was like pretty frustrated. At one point I had my, my head in my sweatshirt (laughs) and he clearly saw (laughs) that. And he, he, and he said something that was really unique. and, And he, he just said like, whatever happens today, we created something that was not here this morning. And it was like, that Aww. got me through that. I was like, oh, that was a, that's a, re- it was profound. a really cool yeah and i was like and it, it, it helped me get through that day but but i would have a bad day on a film set more than a good day really anywhere else like, oh, you know hell yeah, yeah production absolutely. is, is, is well, i mean the best it,
1: i've seen i've seen your poster with all the laurels on it i think it paid yeah, off but yeah, I, absolutely. Think, uh, I was able to watch was able to watch your movie for free because of my amazon yeah. prime account yeah. i think it paid yeah. off and enough, there's um so. there's still some upcoming <laughs> appreciate that
3: there's some upcoming festivals
2: yeah that we're still so waiting a hear back from a few um we, we got into like those middle of the pack lower festivals and so Atlanta is the last kind of big one. That would be great to get into. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, even we got into eight festivals, which is really cool. And, and you know, it just stinks because I want to go there and talk to people and meet filmmakers and all that. Mm-hmm. And you do it online and it, and they, not, not a knock on the festivals. They've done a great job, but it's just you, it, it airs online. And then you get an email saying, hey, rate, rate the festival. It's like, oh, I appreciate you guys. You guys did great. What did I just pay money for? <laughs> yeah, you not- know. So there's two coming up that are going to be in person. There's one in L.A., And there's one in Toronto and they basically just said and one in Mexico that basically just said, sit, sit tight. And when this is safe, we're going to do a festival. I'm like, that was cool to hear At least to be able to go there. And we have, you know, I, I have a great sound designer out of Brooklyn Gariano who has three Emmys. He's incredible what he does. And he, crush the sound in in the process and you know he does this 5.1 audio and he's unbelievable what he does he did the michael jackson commercials back in the 80s and all this and it's like i gotta i want to watch my film in a goddamn movie theater you know so hopefully these festivals will finally be able to do that
3: i'm missing the magic of it for sure
1: yeah it will it will come back it's it's a hard time right now to be a filmmaker Mm -hmm. but it will come back. But so what are the names of these festivals? Let's uh, let's hear it. What's uh, Ur- what are you going to
2: urban film? Oh, the the two that are in person is the L.A. Black Film Festival. And then the one in Toronto is the um, the Black and Diversity Film Festival. Those are the two that they're going to say they're in person. And then I'm not going to pronounce it right. It's a city in Mexico. O- o- Oaxaca. I, I can't. I've been doing Duolingo, too, and I should be able to say this. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a festival in Mexico. Actually- Duolingo's our sponsor. So yeah, perfect. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was a little uh you type in the festival and like they were like a pretty prestigious festival for a while and then like there was like a little bit of like like scandal in there but i'm like yeah that's a good laurel <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we'll go down i'll go down to mexico i'll do I'll anything go. for film yeah but the la one will be a good one to go I mean, to hey man, yeah i'll go yeah. i mean i'm, I'm totally, there. i'll be there for yeah. that <laughs> But the other ones were great. There was um, the urban one in Miami, urban film festival. Was one in Atlanta. We won the Massachusetts Independent Film Festival, which is like you know it would have been great to go. Everyone could have came and saw it in a theater and all that. And just you no, know, just I got a I got a emailed uh, certificate that I won it, and that was a pat on the back. And <laughs> then
1: but we uh we we applied there and got rejected. So hey we hey we're we got really rejected by the Boston for you.
2: Film Festival, which uh, 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 yeah <laughs> we're really happy for you, Jake. We're really
0: <laughs> happy. I hope I know this podcast, really but well. Guys,
2: stop smiling. They look really. Happy happy guys no you're not going to be that happy <laughs> if you could see their faces guys
1: <laughs> oh man i got one last i got one last big question then um whose hartford jersey was that that's the big question that Who was whose hartford jersey was, was in that that fr- was my jersey <laughs> Thought so. yeah, uh yeah i had, a, had okay. a little shout
2: out to the to the home school
1: <laughs> hey, yeah nice, connecticut nice. represent we're both, we're both connecticut boys okay yeah, yeah. So i went we to, have to we have to ask i went to you hart my editor went to
2: Uhart. My my supervisor went to Uhart. My AD,
1: my second AD no, with yeah, d my... heart, Yeah, so. Well, you hard nice. through and through. Nice, nice, nice. Um, So I guess, like, then the last question that I want to ask, I don't know if, Brian, do you have anything else you want to ask?
0: No, I don't think so. Go for uh, the it. The last
1: thing I want to know, then, is uh what the next things are for uh the kid from Lynn and Sam Valletta. What, what are you guys working on? Be Money, be money and the kid from Lynn. Oh side note, when you redo the when you redo the captions, that has to be Sam's name, even if it's uh, not yeah. correct. Be money. I can't that believe be I dug
3: that out of the grave. Do some ADR.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: so we're working right now on a, a feature film called I mean we can say the name. Right? Yeah we can I mean we're writing it. Screw yeah. it. Uh it's called Table for One. So we just finished our casting. We have a great crew that's coming on. It's being produced by um, Greater Boston Artists Collective. Shout out to my team and B Team Inspired. B Team Inspired right? Cinema. Yeah. So we have that feature uh, that we're currently working on, and then I have a uh, climate change satire short film um, that's going to be coming out. There's a trailer being released on Earth Day, and
1: uh, ooh, yeah, ooh, I be looking
3: for that. So we're going to do um, okay. a big event in the fall. And, yeah, it, there, there's a lot of fun projects that are
1: under wraps. And then yeah. I'm moving back to the U.S. in the fall. So if I'm able to attend, I will definitely. attend. OK, that's
3: literally the best news I've heard. I'm going to text you when this podcast is done.
1: <laughs> I got to uh, yeah. bes- let's hope that I haven't told my boss yet. So if he oh. listens to this, oh. let's hope he <laughs> yeah. doesn't hear that. <laughs> uh, and then okay. besides Table for One, which
2: me and Sam are, are, you know, going over a lot. It's all dialogue. So we're, oh we're shipping away
3: at it. It's basically a filmed play. Yeah. It's like a three part play. That's going to be filmed, so nice. super artistic. I
2: yeah. love it. And then I'm, I'm doing a feature-length yes. documentary on um, Antonio Anderson, who grew up in, in Lynn, and uh, he played at the University of Memphis and played in the NBA, and um had a, he has a rare eye disease now, and he's he's deaf, and he coaches back in the city. So that that's been uh, a feature-length documentary has been uh, it's it's a slow process, so you just kind of have to literally just like wait and get interviews. But we've already interviewed Penny Hardaway and Mike Miller, and um, oh, we awesome. have a, a John Calipari interview coming up, a Derek Rose interview coming up. So, so that's funny, been really cool.
3: I don't know any of them, but Uh, I'm gonna guess that
2: they're from mistakes,
1: man. Some big names. From your mistakes, (laughs) B-roll. Yes, B-roll. You're gonna need a lot of B-roll. I got a really cool idea for B-roll in this one. B-roll shots. (laughs) B-roll. You can get basketball. Thank you for clarification, Uh, (laughs) Brian.
2: I don't know if I'm gonna go. The NCAA is trying to charge me $200 a second for his national championship game, so we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: just want to film me at like a public court shooting and missing or something. You can do that too. Free B-roll.
1: Yeah, right. You're tall enough to just put yeah. it in the in the net. Yeah, I Actually. can dunk a little
0: bit. Depends I like can dunk my knees.
1: My knees will fall off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we have a, a lot of fun projects coming up, but I'll definitely um, I think I'll compare a lot of projects to the process in the next few years because it really was such a um not to like toot your horn, but I definitely, no, give please you. To it.
0: <laughs> you
3: know, but, uh, you know, there's, there was just something really special about that film. And, and I'm super proud, especially with everything going on in the world right now, I'm incredibly proud of the process and, and just what it showed. I mean, the most special moment for me is when I showed up to the table read, every single person sitting at that table looked different and came from a different background. And had a different perspective on life and there's a a phrase that i live you know very closely by and it's basically your world is not the world and i think that empathy is such an important thing for all of us moving forward and so if the process you know if you're not really a big rap music fan or if you're not really a big you know grimy independent film fan at least you can look at that story and, and you can see a positive message moving forward and that's just inclusivity and diversity in all of our projects. And so for me that was really unique and really special and I'm very grateful that you let me be a part of it.
1: So thank Appreciate you. Appreciate that. It was yeah, I would recommend the movie to uh, everyone I know. Absolutely. Honestly it was a it was a really, really amazing uh freshman debut. It was your first feature, yeah, right? Yeah, so thank you. Really just awesome job man. Yeah. And thank you so much for letting us interview. Absolutely. Um yeah, it's been a pleasure. This was this was yeah, a lot of fun. So,
3: um, <laughs> thank time you guys. Thanks, yeah. guys.
1: Watch the process on 2B TV and Prime
0: Video now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, out. I just cashed out. Whole team of winners, like I brought the pants out. Hey,
1: big bank, money coming in fast now. Yeah. In the city, I'm a cash cow. I'm a cash cow. Hey, yeah, yeah. I just cashed out. Just cashed out. Whole team of winners, like I brought the out. Hey, big bank, money coming.